Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. What's going on, dude? Hey, hey, dude. <laughs> it's, it's been a little while. Do you think anybody's even still checking to see if we are doing this anymore? Just my mom. <laughs> I might have stopped checking. Yeah. At this point. The feed is no longer refreshing. Oh, my God. It's been a little while. It's been a long time. We've missed a lot. Let's see. Evander's Kane, Evander Kane's contract got voided. We missed that. Uh, Andrew Cogliano won a cup. Yeah, miss thank that. you, Sharks. Yeah, <laughs> miss that. Miss that. I lost the Vegas bet again. Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous as heck, though. Holy smokes! But yeah, Sharks still. Oh, Doug Wilson stepped down. Yeah, we missed that. Yeah, uh, and uh, Sharks don't have a replacement yet. No one's yeah. missed that. No one's missed that. So, dude, we got a lot to talk about, dude. We do. Well, I mean, where do we even start? Um, well, let's just get the the pain out of the way. I lost the Vegas bet. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. I can't believe Tampa Bay made it to a third straight Stanley Cup final. They showed a lot of grit. I thought they might have had a chance, but Colorado was the better team. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, I don't know that that's super clear. Like, I think that <laughs> um, Colorado was very vulnerable several times. Um, you know, both were dealing with injuries uh, throughout the series. Uh, you know, Kemper played just well enough to right. uh, allow the Avalanche to win. But I'll tell you, like, we went and watched game three together. I was convinced after that night. I said, this is it. That's it. (laughs) And it almost, I mean, you know, I mean, game four was a hotly contested tight game that the Avalanche got on a uh, not controversial, but tried to be made controversial goal. And when they went up 3-1, but I'll tell you what, when the Lightning won game five, I was convinced <laughs> that the Avalanche were going to blow it. Like, I really was. And there were many times uh, the other night that I was convinced that the Avalanche were going to blow it. But um, congratulations to them. They are set up to be uh, a dominant force in the NHL and especially the Western Conference for several years. And um, if they get any sort of quality goaltending, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be a, an excellent team. Well, you don't like Pavel Franku. <laughs> I mean that, well, I mean his, you look at his stats, you go, Oh gosh, that guy, you know, but wow. No, I'd be, it, it, I would imagine that they're probably looking to shore up that second spot. I would, I think uh, maybe Pavel Franku will, will be the Sharks goalie next year. <laughs> you never know. And they'll add a fourth since the Sharks now are collecting netminders. Yes, they clearly are. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, Colorado, this has been several seasons in the making and they finally, they finally did it. And they had, you know, I mean, you look at how they did it and the players that they had on that roster and it kind of underscores 
some of the things that the Sharks have been unwilling to do all these years. You look at their third pairing of Johnson squared, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the, the you're asking Jack Johnson, who's always been a little bit of a disappointment, to do the bare minimum, right? Yeah. And to, being asked to do the bare minimum, he's way overqualified to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. But you have him as your sixth guy, and he might have even been your seventh if uh, they didn't have an injury. Right. You know, like Darren Helm, Cogliano, right? You know, y- you see, you know, the trade they made with Minnesota. Um, you know, they they picked up some really good bottom six players. And you look at the bottom six players that Tampa had. I mean, God, I mean, when you want to have Belmar yeah. in, in a Sharks and, uni. And, and Patrick Maroon. I mean, Patrick Maroon. Yeah. There's anybody like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Even total D-bag Corey Perry, yes. right? So effective. Yes. And the Sharks have never really gone that route, right? Of trying to... They've they, they've added pieces like that, but they've never been the right ones. They've flirted with that. and uh, But is that just one of those things that just looks right in retrospect? Could. I don't know. I mean, the Lightning have had that for three straight years. It's been different people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And one of them was former Shark Barkley Goudreau, right? That's true. Who has been incredibly successful there winning, you know, two cups. Two cups? Two cups. Yes. He left two Mm, cups, one cup. I think one One cup. cup, One cup. And then going to the Rangers, cashing out. Yes. And he was very effective for them this year when he was healthy. So, yeah, anyways, dude. I mean, like, you know, we can hem and haw about roster construction, which, you know, who knows where the Sharks are headed now. But, yes, congratulations to the Avalanche, dude. I think next year you only get to pick one team and I get the field. <laughs> uh, given my, given dude, my overall uh, record. No, you, you had won three of the last four. Yeah. You had what? unfortunately for you. But three out of eight. Total. I, I know, but you had been on a bit of a heater. Yeah, I guess. You had won three of the last four. Uh, you picked up some pandemic wins, which was, you know, not as lucrative. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But you have, you, you, it's not as, it's not as dark, dude. It's not as dark as you're making out to be. I know. And it, and it always ends in Vegas, which is Yeah, I good. mean, you know, we'll, we'll end up in Vegas and I'll uh, ruin your craps table experience like always. No. You, we've we've been trying. You've been trying to teach me how to play crafts for twenty years. One of these one of these days, it's gonna stick. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna go for it. You should. I'm gonna go for it. You can use that Evander Kane money. Yeah, dude. Oh well, I guess maybe we should start there, right? I mean, Evander Kane, of course, goes to the Edmonton Oilers in an odd situation, right, where he's basically allowed to leave the Sharks. As a free agent, but there is a scenario where he could end up back on the Sharks whenever this ruling is reached. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I'm technically yes. I, I don't. He'll never play for the. He'll sharks never again. play for the Sharks. But you know, I don't think the Sharks want. And of course, the Sharks don't want that. I mean, there. I've heard some people say, "Well, now that he's reestablished his value, you could get somebody to trade for him." I said, "Not at that price. No way." No one, no one wants him at that price. What the right? Oilers give him? A million? I mean, a million or two million, right? Yeah, not a lot. You know, and and he'll be able to find a home. And honestly, he should just stay there, right? Where you know he's 
you know, was very effective alongside some great players. I don't know why he would go anywhere else, but the guy's an idiot. So he probably will find some way to mess it up. But very likely the same thing is happening in the NBA right now where Kyrie Irving is a total hot mess of a person. You know, it's like people are vying for potentially his serve. Why would you want, why would you want that guy anywhere near your house? Like, I mean, like you, I you still want him anywhere near. And I just, I don't know why anybody would be dying to have Evander Kane as part of your locker room. I, I don't know either. It's just a matter of time, right? He, he did almost lead the playoffs in goals. Great. It's not a talent thing with him, right? Right. It's just when when is he going to do another dumb thing? Right. It's not is he. When it's is, when. When is he going to inject the rest of the team with monkeypox? <laughs> As a goof, you know? Yeah. Ha, 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 guys. Uh, monkeypox. It's hilarious. Yeah, the monkeypox. Yeah. Hilarious. No, 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 no dude. So... But the Sharks have many other questions to answer, dude. And I don't know when they'll be answered. There's a lot of really big unknowns. I, it's very puzzling to me that other teams can fire a GM and then get another GM. And the Sharks seem incapable of doing that. I, I don't why, why is this? Why is this? Well, this whole situation, you know, started off. It's, you know, we've been monitoring, you know, Doug Wilson's inability to serve as GM for several months and then he stepped down and they knew that they were going to have to replace him but they seemed very willing to just let Joe Will finish out the year and all the reports are that they have been interviewing candidates and from everything that I've heard these are mostly non-traditional candidates is what I've heard they want an outside the box perspective. Uh-huh. But also the uh other possible criteria is that they are either former sharks or they have worked in the sharks organization. They want somebody who understands the Bay Area hockey market. Are you saying Todd Ellick has a chance? <laughs> well, uh, I have not heard Todd Ellick's name, <laughs> but the names that have been reported have been people like Mike Greer, like Scott Nichol, like Johan Garpenloff, wow. right? Blast in the past. Um, like Ray Whitney, like John Ferguson Jr., right? Hey. These are names that have been tied to this job. Now, I don't know what they're waiting for. I, I mean, clearly, you know, the draft is next week. So they're not going to have... They're not going to have a guy. They're not going to have a, a GM. And the other thing, too, is, I mean, like, like, I don't know what we should expect. I don't know if we should expect them to hire a former player, a former Sharks executive. There have been rumors that they're interested in somebody from outside of the NHL, a foreign league. There have been rumors that they've been interested in interviewing candidates who are from other sports. There have been you know, rumors that they've been interested in female candidates. I mean, all of these things are fascinating. Yes. But, you know, Elliot Friedman, who's the top insider in the business, has said this has been one of the most secretive situations. This is a page out of Sweet Lou Lamorello, right? Yeah. Where yeah. they can't get anybody basically... 
what they've been told is we've been told if we talk about this that it could jeopardize our standing in the process. So right. nobody's going on the record about anything. Why do the sharks think that their job is so coveted that they must, <laughs> you know, have this top secret process? I don't know. It's odd. I find it really strange. And I find it sad that we don't have anybody in place to make this pick. And we're probably not going to have anybody in place to take us through free agency. Yeah. I, it, you're right. This It's puzzling at best. And it seems idiotic at worst, right? I, I don't know. You're right. The secrecy thing is is strange. Maybe that's something... Certainly, Hasa Plotner is not exactly burning up... Uh, you know, the the wires giving interviews and being on podcasts and sh- being in, in front of the We've camera. We've never asked. <laughs> Should we ask? No. Oh, we could play the um the German techno song <laughs> underneath <laughs> the, the interview. The Erhoff song. That's right. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a guy who who covets the spotlight, and so maybe this is just in line with his sort of general philosophy of doing business, but. You're right. There are two big events happening in the next few weeks and the new GM will not be a part of it, whoever that person may be. And it's entirely possible, one might even say likely, that the new GM might be working actively against whatever happens in the next two weeks, right? Maybe Joe Will is just going to play it super safe, very down the middle, make a very safe pick wherever the Sharks pick, basically make no moves in free agency, but that still might go against whatever the vision is for the incoming GM, whoever that might or might not be. So I I don't really understand this strategy. The other thing is, I mean, Bob Bugner's got to be out, right? I, I, I don't understand how he can be kept. A new GM, one of the things every GM wants to do is they want to have a coach that's going to execute their own vision and policy. Bob Bugner has not really shown that he is the one to take this admittedly below average talent of a team and take it to a a playoff position. So why would you keep him? Well, everything that we've heard from the Sharks right now is that they are not in interested in a teardown and a rebuild, right? That's right. You know, I mean, you can look at what the avalanche went through and go, well, you know, I'm sure that was painful, but look what happened. Right. Yes. Yeah. You end up picking first and fourth and you end up getting McCarr and McKinnon. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then look what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to endure some lean times. Right. To get some of these great players. And the Sharks are unwilling to do that. Right. So. Well, also, in order to further bolster the argument is that there are teams who have done the tank job. And it has not. Worked. Sure. Of course. You, Edmonton you, Oilers being exhibit A, Buffalo Sabres being exhibit B. It's certainly... I think a, a lot of fans, and it's very tempting and captivating to think that, oh, the Sharks just get that number two overall, or the number one overall, or top five, or whatever it is, then they're going to be right on that expressway back to high playoff positions and, and possible cup runs and so forth. But the fact is, is there's teams pretty much every single year that have these top picks, and they don't yeah. become those great teams. Yeah, that's so fair. There's dude. a I big mean, risk to it. Sure, too. that's fair. I just, I think that, you can't you can't expect to get better if you're just going to play it down the middle, though, right? Like, you either need to... I mean, and we've seen the new athletic 
writer for the Sharks kind of explore both these paths, right? Where it's either the Sharks sell off every possible outs- asset to try to be super competitive next year, or the Sharks sell off every possible a- asset to try and be terrible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I don't think either of those scenarios are likely, but you know, I, I would at least respect one of them as a point of view. Yeah. You know, whereas this, you know, well, we're still going to, we're committed to this core and we're going to make changes along the edges. You know, the the edges that you have, no one wants them. Like no one's going to yeah. want Kevin LeBanc. No one wants Radim Shimmick. Right. No one wants Mark Edward Vlasic. That's right. right. That's you've right. got, you've got undesirables at, your your fringes. So mm-hmm. how can you make meaningful change? Right? Their their best asset is probably James Reimer. And if you trade him, yeah. he was what made you actually competitive for most of the season. Yeah. By yeah. overperforming, I think, expectations. But I mean, what are you gonna get for James Reimer? Like what a like second, what, what, a third? A, so what what's yeah. what's that what does that help? It doesn't. Right? I mean there was an article written, I think maybe also by the Sharks beat writers talking about, well, what can you, or maybe, no, I think people were exploring what the goalie market might be. And is it, can you get like Edmonton to give up one of their restricted free agent forwards for James Reimer? Those are the kinds of deals you should be exploring. Yeah. yeah. If you can get Yamamoto yes. for James Reimer, uh, yes, then you, and something, right? right? Then you do it, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. what you should be doing. But but we don't know what the Sharks are going to do because they don't have anybody who's in charge, right. which is, as a Sharks fan, disheartening. Dude, what do you make of this? I think your description is entirely accurate that the Sharks are trying to get someone who is. Uh, not your general GM retread and maybe someone who has ties to the Sharks organization. What do you think of this, at least this concept, this idea of the Sharks going after guys like that? Johan Garpenloff or whoever, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would... I don't have a problem with that. Like someone who understands the Bay Area market, right? They seem to be very concerned and maybe they should be because... You know, the Warriors just have a stranglehold on this market and they've gone from they're a dynasty now, right? With no signs of slowing down. And they're really the Sharks' biggest competition during the parallel seasons, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you have to remain relevant. I, I get that, right? But I don't want them to bring in somebody who has just no management experience. Yeah. You know, like just no management experience or... You know, just coming in to be this, you know, like Scott Nickel isn't a beloved San Jose Sharks icon who's going to, you know, I mean, like, Scott. Right. Ni- I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, if you're going to tell like, I mean, listen, we, we were joking. Right. But I mean, but like, if you're going to tell me that Dan Boyle's going to be the new GM, I'm on board. I'd like to see what that's like. Right. <laughs> yes, because, yeah, I think, OK, because I think at least we know yeah, yeah, yeah. that th- there's not many other sharks who hate losing more than Dan Boyle. If, if there's a more competitive guy in the room with Dan Boyle, I want to know who that is. So like he would be so angry at like at the situation right. that, you know, at least you would have confidence that like somebody like that is going to try and make some changes. Right. Or wouldn't right. be afraid to do that. And you kind of look at, you know what the avalanche have in Joe Sackick, like, like that's like a Colorado 
hockey icon sure. right at the top right like you know and, and this is way too soon but if you want to you know and it, you know if this was five years down the road you were to tell me joe thornton was going to be the gm i'd be like oh all right like i'm willing right. to like you know give that a spin or even if you told me that it was going to be mike ricci mm-hmm. like i yeah. would say okay like i i i get that you know, like I, I mean, that's, but if you're going to pick like a fringe shark who, even with someone who we loved as much as Mike Greer, right? Like, I mean, Mike Greer, I don't know, is Mike Greer a shark? Of course. Do you, do you associate him his with his career? Like, is he no. a shark first or has no. he's been on several teams, right? Right. It's, right. it's not like you're bringing in a shark. You know, I'm going to take the other side of this argument for a second. I'm not even sure I believe it that much, but I'm still going to take the other side. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I think I'd rather have a Mike Greer than a Joe Thornton because a Mike Greer has to prove something and a Joe Thornton can trade off of his adulation from the fan base, right? Wouldn't you give Joe Thornton an extra however long... 100%. Measure, yes. measure yeah, of, of rope? Of course. And then Joe Thornton makes like three bonehead trades. You're like, whatever. <laughs> it's Jumbo. He was yeah. He was probably talking to Jim Neal with like, you know, with his shirt off. It was fine. <laughs> but, you know, Mike Greer comes in. Like, Mike Greer's yeah. not going to have that kind of equity yeah. Yeah. in terms of how much people are going to give him like the benefit of the doubt. So, I don't really understand the needing a shark person or a shark adjacent person or a history with the sharks. Like, I don't understand that. That, that to me is, is much more strange because a GM isn't like, he's not in, in charge of like season ticket sales. Like he's in charge of putting a team yeah, on the ice that can, right. that can win games. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to hire a business manager that has ties to the Bay area, that makes sense to me. Cause you, like you said, you have to go head to head against the warriors. You right. have to make a competitive distinction against them and so forth. That's one thing, but like putting whether you should like how many years you should re-sign Mario Ferraro to like why yeah. do you need to have a history sure. with the Sharks to know that, dude? I mean, I guess where now that I'm uh, analyzing myself, <laughs> I think what this boils down to, as I think about my answer and your response, which I think makes perfect sense, is that I'm looking for something of any interest at all <laughs> because I mean we love the Sharks. Yes, this yes. team is boring. Yes. They're boring. There's right. nothing they they don't you can look at the Lightning, you can look at the Avalanche and go, they have an identity. They have a style of play. Yeah. Like they have you know what you're getting with those teams. The Sharks have nothing like that anymore. They don't have that. Mm-hmm. They don't have the the personality in the players. They don't have an identifiable identifiable style of play or point of view. And I think that's where maybe my, you know, la di da, you know, um, you know, Oz perspective of saying, well, I just want, yeah, I'd love some shirtless trades to happen, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Or, yeah, yeah. you know, I just want angry Dan Boyle on the, yeah. you know, or I want, you know, something, right? Something. Or I want, you know, Ricci with his teeth out, like right, explaining, right. you know, like I want something. Right. Right. You, you want to have some reason to be excited and root for this team again. And you're right. I that, agree that with does you. not make them more qualified to make great hockey decisions, right? If if Mike Greer or Ray Whitney have displayed great, you know, traits of a hockey manager, then and they happen to be ex sharks, then we should go for it, right? If there's somebody that doesn't meet those qualifications, there's no idea where San Jose is compared to 
you know, Livermore. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't matter. Right. Like, you know, right. this team is at a massive crossroads. They've been incredibly relevant for almost two decades. And now they're completely irrelevant. Right. Like, you know, and uh, somebody's got to... That's why I love what the guy who came in to take over the San Francisco Giants a couple of years ago is he does some crazy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That when you read about it, you go, what are you doing? And then... Half the time it is does not work, right? But half the time it's he brilliant. Is brilliant, yeah, right? And he's managed to take the Giants from irrelevant to they've been either in the playoffs, they were the best team in baseball last year in the regular season, to you know from irrelevant to completely relevant, right? 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 I I, I think it would be interesting to see. I that being said about previous personalities in the hockey world. I am excited about having a new perspective. I'm not excited about having a guy on his fifth GM job. But is it going to be GM a new of the perspective? Sharks? Which is what I'm worried about. Is that the other things that we've heard is that they don't they they sort of want people to do just come in. It's like not come in with like a new perspective, but like just to continue the operation. Well, I mean, I think there's there might be, and maybe I'm just putting too bright of a face on it, but. To say, okay, you can't get rid of everybody is not is a restriction, but it's not a total restriction. As in, you have to keep this this roster exactly the same way it is. Basically, the question the thing is you need to try and win some games, but there's a lot of moves you can make. Sure. There's a lot of moves you can make here. Anybody in the interviews was like, This is a great core. (laughs) We've got everything we need right now. Right? Nobody's gonna nobody's said that if you're trying to get the job and that's the message coming from the organization maybe you have to say it i just oh my god the 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 question is is what sort of latitude are they going to give on the outside okay yeah you can't trade hurdle for a first and meyer for a first and ferraro for a fourth and reimer for a third of course and then you're playing the barracuda roster right? right i understand that you know the ownership says okay you can't do that guys like we can't be that bad Right. So I'm checking right now because this has absolutely happened to us where we do one of these podcasts and then right after we stop, the right. Sharks announce a general manager. Right. So I'm looking right now to see, uh, wouldn't it be hilarious if if while we were talking about this, that this we were just so past the news. It's good. Now. It's one of the reasons why I think I'm glad we're recording this because the chances of the Sharks actually announcing a GM in the next 24 hours just went up dramatically. Yeah. Oh, you're you're 100% right. So, and, um, I do hope that they, I do hope that they do it this week. Like, be, so that this person can be involved in what's a critical next month. Yes. Like, yes. Because the Sharks have a log jam in net. They do. Yeah. They have three goalies who are NHL capable players. One of them is unsigned. One of them was their trade acquisition in the offseason who was hurt and when he played was, you know, hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And then Reimer, who was great, but can he really do that again? Right. Um, and someone's got to make a decision here. You can't carry all three of these guys. Right. What do you do? Right. Who's going to be the goalie that either has the most value that you need to get rid of or that gives the sharks the best chance to win and i mean that's the first choice you got to make is what are you more interested in mm-hmm. 
getting rid of the one who has the most value and just going with the other two or you know i mean and you know it'll be very frustrating if they turn around and move off kakanen mm-hmm. after giving up a very useful and inexpensive piece in jacob middleton yes you can't just squander that cuz he's an nhl player yeah and you gave up you know one of those gritty character guys who finally developed after several years right. to get this goalie. And then you can't just discard or non-tender or like, they wouldn't do that. But no, like, you know no. what I mean? Like you got to either sign him or get something of real value. It's not at all clear to me that Aiden Hill is like, to me, it's pretty obvious. Aiden Hill is the third guy on the totem pole. Right. And, and whether Kokkinen's one or two doesn't really matter. But, but what can you get for Aiden Hill? Does right it matter? Now? I mean, do we, do we give up that much to get We gave him? up a second. Dude. So it happened. Ooh, it's some cost. Lost money already. I guess. Yeah. Don't cha- I mean, don't yeah, chase no, bad no, money with good. But if somebody's willing to give you something, like a, a playoff team, right? You're looking around the league and you go, Edmonton has an SOS in net, right? Colorado. They're going to want Aiden Hill? No, I'm no talking about gonna... if someone's willing to give you something of real value for James Reimer because, you know, Colorado has. You know, Kemper's unrestricted. Yeah. Right? Are you do you want to give Darcy Kemper six times six? No. No. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't I'm not sure that that's what his value is, but it's not any higher than I mean that's yeah. he's at he's at the peak, right, right? Right, right, right. So if you're Colorado, what are you willing to give the Sharks to get you're not gonna take Aiden Hill, but would you want James Reimer for a year to make another run? Is he good enough to to produce what Darcy Kemper did? If you get the James Reimer of last year, he's better. You don't sure. you don't know that that's what you'll get, but Edmonton, Minnesota, ironically, you know, yeah. they traded, you know, their goalie to us. They have Flurry who might walk, and they're stuck with Cam Talbot. I mean, there's just several situations, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, um, I don't think the Sharks could screw this up too bad unless they got rid of Kokkinen. I think Kokkinen is the one you got to keep of the three. And if you get rid of Reimer, then you trade him for something. Well, and the, the fact is, is whoever they keep or whoever they leave, it's not going to turn the Sharks into a good team or a playoff team, the, right? That's the, not the main issue. I think the Sharks can screw this up real bad, which is my the scenario that I'm worried the most about is the one that you laid out at the beginning is that Joe Will remains in charge for the next several weeks and literally does nothing just because they're trying to maintain status quo so that when the new person comes in, they didn't make any moves that that person didn't like. Right. Yeah. So that's horrifying to me because <laughs> then there's no progress at all, you know, and the future of Boobner. But there's going to be a future market for these guys. Right. You're going to have some new upstart team that's that maybe has a playoff shot, needs a better goalie upgrade, and they're going to go after one of these guys. I don't see this as like an expiring opportunity. It's one thing if they go off and sign a bunch of free agents, which I don't think they're going to do because they just flat out don't have the cap space. So that's where you could really go wrong. Hey, let's go sign Milan Lucic for eight ah, years, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's where you could really go bad. But like that's clearly not going to happen because the Sharks have no flexibility in the cap situation. The only thing that 
to me, I think would be a missed opportunity. I don't know exactly when the period of time is, but I think it's around free agency is the buyout period. Like, do you buy out Mark Edward Vlasic, right? That's that's the number one question in terms of that sort of possibly that's missed a huge, opportunity. That's a huge decision, right? Do you, and, do you buy him out? And to make that decision without a GM, right? that person is inheriting that cap penalty for years. Yes, 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 yes. And so it it's very challenging, right? That's why I, I am... Do you do it? Do you buy out Marco Vrund Vlasic? How many more years ago? Three? I don't know, dude. I mean, honestly, I, I don't you know. you had it on your phone. Yeah, I mean, I did. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, I, I think it depends on what they're trying to do. If they're trying to be... If they want to buy him out and whatever the savings is for $5 million this year and replace him with a better player, then yes. If they're going to buy him out and then just play, you know, um, Malosh, yeah, then why? I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah. why? Why did you penalize yourself for multiple years if you're just going to turn around and play one of the guys you already had? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just keep him, right? And you're already in in trouble, right? You're already in trouble. I mean, the Sharks... Well, apparently, you're actually creating some cap space for possible future moves as yet undetermined. But. Sure. I mean, the Sharks, this is who's restricted, right? How, how many more years of Vlasic, though? That's oh, the number one question. more years of Vlasic? Vlasic is... Six more years. Seven, seven more years. No, dude, this is not cooperating here. My apologies. Yeah. Dude, it's not. Uh, you can't get this scrolling. kind of. In yeah, I can't. I can't get it. It's that my phone is so broken by the notion <laughs> of trying to see what Mark Edward Vlasic's long-term cap. Here we go. All right, finally got it. It's really. He is signed until two thousand twenty-five, twenty-six, dude. So. Um, that is four more years. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not good. I mean, like it, it's not good, right? But like, I mean, you but can't. but but then so, but then you're carrying that cap penalty for eight more years. For, I mean, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it really depends on what. You know, if the Sharks have some move up their sleeves, like looking at the Avalanche, where they traded, you know, two seconds to get Taze from the Islanders, and he becomes this sort of, at the moment, inexpensive, high quality replacement, mm-hmm. and you're using that money to really bring in like a real asset, then yeah, if you're going to do it and you've got nothing to really show for it other than you're saving some money, like I. I don't know because when you need that cap space, when the team's actually good down the road, you don't have it because you're still yeah. holding on to it. I just, I feel like it, it's going to depend on what the point of view is, right? Are we trying? Are we, are we just going to ride this out for the next three or four years until I just, oh, dude, I am so, <laughs> so, so lost right now, right? About what are, what is happening? Like, what are we doing? And that's why I'm desperate to find out. And the coaching situation too, dude. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, Bugner's not going to be gone before the season starts. You know, I think he will coach the Sharks to begin the season next year. But then his firing is imminent, right? right? And I'll tell you what, and I, I, I don't think there's really a high chance of it, but God, I'd love to see Barry Trotz 
here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. the fact that he turned down, he's not coaching next year. So n- not that we have some sort of desirable situation. <laughs> we don't. No, that's true. But maybe the GM can create that. Right. Maybe this GM has a relationship with him. Like if you can bring in somebody who has long been able to polish a turd, you know, like, I don't know. I think if you can get an exciting coach like that, I'd be into that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. (laughs) We're at a loss. I want to know. We are. I just want to know. I I would love to know what's the plan. Right. And Mm -hmm. right now there is no plan. There's no plan. The plan is that there's no plan. The plan is that we're waiting for a GM. And what's the plan to get a GM? There's no plan for that. either. There's no real plan. We don't really know what's going on. (laughs) We're going to interview everybody. We're going to interview the guy down the street at, at the Pete's. Coffee, right. who has an opinion about the Sharks. Right. The next GM is Dean Lombardi. Dean Lo- <laughs> right? Could be. Yeah. It might be. <laughs> I mean, that's no crazier than some of the other names we've mentioned. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very strange. It's very strange. We'll see if anything interesting happens in the next couple of weeks. My money is on no. I'm on sh- yes. I think they will name a GM. I think I'm convinced now that we've dropped this podcast, it will be tonight. <laughs> Tonight they're gonna yeah, drop yeah. a bucket. Is it you? Do you know something? It is me. It is you. I am okay. gonna be the new GM, right? In my first act. <laughs> Uh-oh. What, what, if you were the GM, like, uh, what would be your first act? Um, I would uh, immediately uh, hire you as head of analytics. <laughs> oh God, God, that was awful. <laughs> we're so bad. We're in so much trouble. Uh, Actually, you know. I have to I have to say that that seems like that would be an obvious pivot for the Sharks, right? They had an old school GM in Doug Wilson. Um certainly didn't I'm sure they had their own statistics in house, but they didn't seem to be on the forefront of that kind of stuff and being Hasselplatner is the owner of SAP, which is a huge like database company, Silicon Valley company. You would think that might kind of make sense to him as an owner to I'm sure one of the things that SAP does is they support these gigantic companies and they give them the ability to see what's going on in these companies, right? That that would seem like to me that would make sense to do that for the Sharks. And if they go that direction, that would be really exciting. Other teams obviously have gone in that direction, notably Toronto, and it hasn't necessarily worked out that great for them. But maybe there's some sort of maybe there's some sort of new talent, some new off the beaten path talent in that kind of area. That might be super interesting. I think a lot of that's probably been mined already. We're not in like a Billy Bean Moneyball situation anymore. But if we do end up getting a GM that is one of those kinds of people, that would make me pretty excited. That person, if they were hired and they looked at our roster, I think their head would explode. It's possible. They would go, this is the most (laughs) unanalytical. Right, right. But you know, I think every GM candidate, there's two things. I'm going to say there's at least two things that make this job desirable, in my opinion, to a, a prospective GM candidate. One is that the owner appears to be very, very hands-off, which has got to be incredibly desirable, right? Sure. Of course, they're always going to have some say into what you do. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes and hand you a check for $80 million and you just do whatever you want with $80 million. Of course, they're going to be someone involved. But but stories are rife throughout the NHL of like owners suddenly becoming like scouting experts and stuff. And like Hotsilplotner is not that, right? He's not dictating what kind of moves the GM's going to make. And I think that would be really nice. The other is that if this team turns around, the GM has a lot of ability to affect that change, right? If you're Colorado, you're going to be the new GM Colorado. What are you going to do? 
uh, nothing. <laughs> You're like, hey, McKinnon, uh, you want any more uh, vegan pasta? Here you go. Uh, Enjoy. Go out and win some more cups, right? Right. But with the Sharks, I mean, obviously changes have to be made. And I think a GM candidate might be excited to figure out how to make those changes within the rule structure. So I'm not so sure that this is like a bad job to have in terms of a GM. It might be a bad coaching job, but I don't think it's a bad GM job to get, yeah. honestly. I mean, if you got to look down the barrel and you're, you got to coach Carlson and Burns and these guys who are on deals until the end of time, that, that might be a much tougher sell than saying, okay, fix this. How are you going to fix this and compete with the Warriors? Like, that's a good challenge, right? Right. Yeah, dude. So it will be you. I like that. I'm in. Nice, dude. Yeah. Good for you. No more teaching. More hockey. More hockey. Well, dude, at least we're back. We're back. Uh, if you stuck with us, if you're still uh, have us as part of your podcast feed, thank you, Dan. <laughs> and uh, we'll be we'll be gone for uh, at least another week or two here. Yeah. Uh, but we'll but be back after the draft. The free agency podcast is always the longest of the year, anyway. <laughs> oh God! Man. Yeah. Well, Nothing's going to happen. No, you never know. Dan. Sharks re-sign Evander Kane. Yeah. <laughs> another seven years. Yeah, seven That'd more years at seven million. Maybe Evander Kane is the new GM. Wow, <laughs> that would definitely be a surprise. <laughs> I'm trying to name a person more surprising. I would. He would be more surprising than you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who would be more surprising to be the GM of the Sharks. Yeah, that would be the most surprising person I could name. All right, dude, thanks for being here. Dude, it's always a pleasure. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.